What's up, punks, punkettes, and all you fuckers in between? This is Eric Larner, creator of Die Emos Die, coming at you with another bonus track. I have here in the Zoom studio with me today none other than Sean Coster himself, voice of Iggy Rotten. Hello, Sean. Oh, hello, Eric. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me in the studio. Thank you for being so cordial, very unlike <laughs> unlike your character. I think I'm contractually obliged to be here, Eric, but no, I appreciate it very much. So I think um, I wanted to start off by letting everybody know Sean is probably one of my most long-standing collaborators in a creative sense. We have been uh, working together since, I believe, what is it, 2013 or so? Yes, I believe that's when we met. Uh, 2013. Yeah, you you got it. The spring semester, I believe, of the 2013 academic year, Eric. I, I believe so. He's been editing uh, my stuff, uh, for better or worse. Um, I'm sorry for all of that stuff that you've read. Um, <laughs> Sean's, Sean's been a great, uh, a great collaborator, and I think this is the first time you're actually acting in, in something I've written. I think you're right. Yes, I think this is the first. This would be the first project. Yes, I would like to point out, though, for everyone that uh, Sean did, in fact, edit the scripts that I wrote. He uh, he took a look at everything before uh, we even got into the recording process. So Sean has been a part of Die Emos Die uh, since the beginning. Also true, Eric. Everything is. Vi- what am I saying? I don't know what I'm saying. Yes, you are telling the truth. All right. So I think let's jump into this uh, whole interview thing. Um, do, you, do you want to uh, tell the audience, tell our listeners out there a little bit, you know, about yourself? Where are you from? You know, things like that. Oh, I'm a pretty boring person overall. I am from Illinois. I moved to California about six years ago. Um, that's about as exciting as it gets. Yeah, no, for sure. How long have you been um, you know, a creator or a creative, uh, in that sense, how long have you, what have you been doing? Oh, that makes it sound very formal, Eric. Um, I've created for, I guess, since middle school, but not professionally as a hobby, you know, as, as for fun. Um, that's about as, uh, that's about as uh, advanced as I've gotten so far. So I've, you know, had a, an interest in this sort of thing for, a long time. I won't say to your fellow listeners how old I am, but I'll say since junior high. How about that? A gentleman never reveals his age, Eric. All too true. We'll we'll keep that a secret from the listeners. Uh, we'll say Sean is a dapper, a dapper young, able man. There you go. Oh, some uh, of that's true. <laughs> um, so I think I wanted to to see kind of in your experience growing up, um, what was, you know, the music scene like? We'll kind of stick with some music questions being that we're, we're doing all die, emos die here. But what was the music scene like, you know, where you grew up? Do you have any any memories, anything like that from, from when you were younger? I never was a musician. I mean, I would play the table or the legs or the surface of whatever was in front of me to the chagrin of my mother who would occasionally uh, become annoyed with that. I whistle a lot. That's about as, that's as much musical talent as I have. Uh, the music scene, I don't know if there was much of a scene from where I come from. I come from a nice, boring suburb. Um, I have been to one concert in my life. 
as a Weezer concert. I was at a Weezer concert, Eric, and just okay, a lovely well, that, time. They good. well, hold on. They were at my college, and it was about half empty arena. And who's the head lead singer of Weezer? See, I don't even know this. That that would be Rivers Cuomo. Rivers Cuomo was jumping on a trampoline, I remember, and uh, that's about as exciting as that got. That has been my only concert. Um, so I don't know if there was much of a scene where I come from. I mean, jumping on a trampoline on stage is, uh, it sounds pretty good. Yeah, well, I guess we could call it that. Um, I, but yeah, that was my only concert experience. I never really went to any stuff like that. Um, again, I'm a pretty boring guy overall. Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say that, okay? Uh, but you are an actor. I mean, so we'll, we'll move away from, from music for a second. I mean, do you have any early memories, anything involving like acting, film or television, anything more in that realm? I, I, I was in a one-act play in high school for about, I think I had a, a couple lines in a one-act play. That's about as much as I did. And um, apart from that, I just watched movies, um, observed, never really did anything formally. Um, okay. I, I never went to school for acting. I never did that. Oh, no, no. Okay. I took, I took an acting class in high school as an elective. Um, I remember, this is all coming back to me now. I remember a terrible, terrible, <laughs> uh, how the, I remember them recording they like did the first scene of the year and they're like, we're going to, we're going to record this and uh, we're going to watch it back and we're going to see how much you've grown. And I was like, Psh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to knock it out of the park. And then I did it and I thought I was good. I remember watching it at the end of the year and like with sweat on my face, my palms were sweaty. It was one of the most embarrassing experiences ever. Um, Cause I was so horrible. And uh, this was when I was 14. So even then, I was uh, anyway. I'm getting I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So that's that's my earliest acting memories. Embarrassing myself in acting <laughs> class uh, freshman year of high school. That's about as far as it got. All right. Well, it seems like we unlocked the vault on a memory there. I'm yeah, glad there you, go. you could um, share that with all of us here in the die most die community. It's my pleasure. It is my pleasure. Um, so I so kind of hearing a little bit of acting. Um, any, you said you watched a lot of movies, though. Any, any films, any directors, anyone that you in particular really uh, gravitate toward? Oh, I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm a James Bond fan. Um, I'm not going to say that those are high art, but I'm a big fan of those movies. Yeah, it's, it's like the usual stuff, you know, Spielberg and all those uh, guys and gals, and you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for those fun action adventure movies, but, but again, you know, I'm, even as I'm saying it, that's kind of like, oh, I like action movies and, uh, you know, I like Steven Spielberg and, uh, again, that's about as interesting as it gets. I've, you said that about 20 times now in these last uh, five minutes, but it's the truth. <laughs> Hey, I mean, if you look at most uh, punk rockers, just to kind of bring it back around to Iggy Rotten, you look at their histories, they're uh, fairly un unremarkable. They were all white kids in the suburbs in the in the 70s who got bored and they were like, you know what? Um, you got the Ramones, you know, like they're like, cool. What do you want to write a song about? I don't know. What'd you do today? I don't know. I huffed glue. Cool. Write a song about it. That was it. <laughs> so I think I think you fit right in there. 
Yes, the huffing glue right well, is me right to the T. Maybe not. Maybe not yes. that you were you were banging on tables though, which I wanted to to ask really quick. You mentioned your to your mother's chagrin was your uh, mother impression in the pilot at all inspired by any kind of uh, reaction from your childhood. I don't think um, no no my mom well my mom is a, is a very lovely woman but um, she she um, no I did I did not. Uh, what would, what would be the impersonate her or do do a send up of her but um no she she was she always knew when i was whistling uh, just because she could i was i'm not a good whistler but she could hear it from across the house somehow um but no it was nothing personal mom i i didn't do it as an impersonation of you it was it was solely from the depths of my mind a, a fictional creation all right. Well, shout out to uh, Sean's mom for not stifling or crushing your creative spirit. I know oh, I appreciate it whenever I had you uh, record all of those lines and get them back to me. So it's very much appreciated. Yes. Yes. It was, <laughs> Erica, it was always my pleasure, as you knew. Um, but yeah. Okay. So uh, next question for you. I wanted to see um, if you could meet any musician, filmmaker, we'll broaden it up a little bit, filmmaker, actor, living or dead, who would it be? You know, I'm going to spoil it for the audience here because you gave me some questions beforehand and you gave me this one and I was like, I, I, I don't know. I'm a shy person. What would I say to anybody? What would I want to say? I would, I'd sit there and sort of look at them and not say anything. And I, I, I was like, oh, I can meet Steven Spielberg. Oh, I can meet so-and-so. I can meet blah. And a musician, um, as many of you will know, or have already figured it out based on what I've been saying, I am. I don't know a lot of stuff about music. I don't know a lot of bands or people. I have a weird music taste. We can get into that in, in just a moment. So I really tried, I struggled to figure out who I would meet. Um, and this is the moment now I'm going to turn it on you, Eric, because I don't have an answer. So... I, because I've never asked this question to you, what filmmaker or musician would you meet? Because you, you seem to know so many. What would be one if you narrowed it down? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep you this. I'm going to keep you tied into this because I'm interviewing you. Bastard. Um, let's say the two of us sit down in a room with Weezer together and ask about that trampoline that, that seems to have stuck in your mind. I would, I would tell Rivers Cuomo, that um, I was there in Peoria, Illinois in 2010 or something like that. And I just had the most wonderful time. It, it was it was a mildly fun experience. That's what I would tell uh, Rivers. And uh, it was my first concert and my only concert since. Um, so I would tell him, thank you for the moderately entertaining time in Peoria. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, at least we can, uh, that way we can, we can do it together. So that way we can get over any kind of shyness that you might have yes. about, about meeting somebody. Uh, this, this question I know is a little bit leading because I do know you and I, and I did know that your, your music knowledge was, um, a little bit lacking, especially in the punk genre, but I wanted to see coming in to die emos die without kind of that, that background, um, what were your thoughts on on punk coming in? Did it change as you as you went through the show? I did not know that. Well, of course, everything that you wrote in the show is 
comic co- it's comedy and it's a bit over exaggerated in certain aspects but it all of course it all comes from somewhere and that somewhere would be that there are people who are very passionate about punk music and stuff like that and i had no idea it went so deep um the fandom i don't, I don't know if i'm even using that correctly but i didn't know how uh how intense you know it's like you have your favorite sports team or you have your favorite type of genre of music or in this case your favorite type of punk band i had no idea and my my relationship with punk music before and currently is really the surface level radio stuff i mean you know i i knew um ruby soho i knew i knew brohem i knew you know, the clash and all that stuff, but just the radio hits the surface level stuff. It's nothing personal against punk music or anything. It's just that that's as much as I ever listened to. That's Um, totally fine. I do know kind of going into a punk is it's its own thing. And I, and I think I based Iggy Rotten, like you said, off, off people that I have met. Um, I, I do like punk. It is uh, my espoused favorite genre, but um, I do like other genres of music. If anyone was wondering, um, but I did base your character specifically off of people I met. They told me things like this wasn't about punk music, but I had a friend who was really into metal. And he told me right off the bat, he was, I played him a song uh, like 30 seconds in. He was like, I don't like it. It's like, why? He said, it doesn't have any screaming in it. I'm like, does it have to have screaming in it for you to like it? Yes. Has to have screaming or I don't like it. I'm like, okay. See, like that sort of, I, I guess I never even thought about that's the way I used to be like with movies and stuff. I've mellowed out in my old age, but you know, that sort of, that sort of intense, uh, fanaticness, um, if you will, I just, it was just something that I never thought about in the punk scene. It's like, it has to be a certain way or this band is everything. This band does is good. And everything this band does is terrible. Um, and again, that's like the, the punk zealot, zealot, zealot. That I mean, it, we'll say it however we want to. One of those two, three. Um, however, Iggy is, again, like you say, how it was based on sort of these experiences of real people. It's just something I never thought about just because I, I was some white kid from suburban Illinois. So when am I going to ever think about stuff like that? I mean, the Ramones were white kids from the suburbs of New York. Um, but I wanted to, I did want to say, um, if you really, really want to see some punk fanaticism, go onto a message board and, about the misfits and, and read people's comments about who they think the best lead singer of the misfits is. And, um, you'll, you'll get a taste for, for truly the, the zealotry of, of some people within even the punk genre itself. It gets pretty nasty. I, be- I believe you. Um, I'm scared to go cause don't don't do it. If you want to see like a a true raging dumpster fire, go onto YouTube. Um, go onto a, a Misfits music video and and read the comment section, and you'll you'll see some some truly horrific things. Okay, okay, that's that's right after we're done with this interview, Eric. That is exactly what I'm going to do. I'm sorry. Don't don't ruin your night with that. Um, so I kind of guess going off of that, any any experience with emo music at all? No, I apart from. Uh... Well, well, I wanted, I, I have curly hair for those of you who can't see through the audio podcast and the, um, I always wanted that hair, the, you know, flattened, 
hair over the eye when I was like freshman, like, oh man, I wish that I could have that sort that, of, e that emo the, the hair. Emo <laughs> yes, the emo over, that's what I wanted. Um, so that's, that's my first uh, impression. That's my first, uh, when you say emo stuff, I'm like, oh, the hair, like that's what I really wanted. Um, apart from like bands, I remember Senses Fail, right? Okay, yeah. They're, that, they're, that they're an emo band. band. Calling all cars, right? That was on Garage. No, Guitar Hero. Oh, um, Guitar Hero. We're throwing it back with Guitar Hero now. Oh, yes. Uh, so, was it Calling All Cars? No, it wasn't. It was something else. Senses Fail did have a song on Guitar Hero. But um, anyway, so there was that. Um, what, a band that I listened to regularly, also thanks to Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 3, actually, would be a band called Matchbook Romance. That is like the epitome of emo. They're up there with Hawthorne Heights. I'm surprised I, have, I didn't make a reference. I have one CD that has been uh, digitized that I still listen to in my playlist. So that's been 10, 12 years that has been sitting there for a while. Um, so I, I like I like the Matchbook Romance. That I like, uh, I believe emo. it was their Monsters album. Yes, that was the emo of... Of the emo, truly. I had a matchbook romance. That one was up there for uh, if you really want to delve in there. I'm surprised I made it through an entire season of a podcast without making a matchbook romance reference. That's shocking to me now that I think about it. I'll have to save that for season two. Then. I was just about to say, Eric, the next season. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, so kind of going off of your your music knowledge here, what was it like for you reading Iggy, getting into character for Iggy without having this music knowledge? Like, what did you tap into for this? Um, I, there was a good line that, as I mentioned, I'm a James Bond fan, So, I, and one of the actors who played James Bond, Roger Moore, said in a few interviews, it's like, what do you do to act? Like, where do you go? Or what's your inspiration? And he would say, say your lines correctly and don't bump into the furniture. And I feel as though, by the way, I looked that up for this interview. Like, who actually said that? And uh, just for, for history buffs out there, I think it was a playwright named Noel Coward. I don't know this stuff because I'm not like name dropping, but I looked this up. So I just want to make sure I'm given the right credit. Say your lines correctly and don't bump into the furniture. So that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my take on acting. I know that's not a ringing endorsement for... Any future directors who may want to hire me is uh, that's that's where I get my stuff from, but ultimately, you know, it was working with you. You know, you we kind of tried to figure out what we wanted, and you maybe knew what you wanted, or or maybe you didn't. And you know, we sort of played around with the voice a bit. I didn't really uh, like you like we've uh, like you've sort of hinted at or alluded to. I didn't have a lot of background to tap into for this i just saw the script and was like oh this guy seems kind of annoying and <laughs> what how am i going to do that well maybe he'll have a higher pitch voice and he'll be you know um a bit grungy and a bit a bit much he's kind of a tryhardy guy so it's like okay well how do i do that and that's kind of kind of where i went but again ultimately it's it was just about saying the lines right and sounding okay and not sounding like I'm reading from a from a dictionary and uh, if I did that then hopefully hopefully it worked out 
Well, you definitely didn't sound like you were reading from a dictionary because uh, you kept uh, mispronouncing words, much like a, a middle schooler who sounds like they uh, flipped open a thesaurus for their English paper in mini scripts, which I want to give Sean credit. I wrote one joke about Iggy mispronouncing a word and uh, you really took it. And I think you dropped it into like three other places. So there are multiple instances of Iggy trying to sound um, intelligent with his with his vocabulary and failing. Um, so thank you for that. Yes. And I and I didn't want to uh, I didn't want to throw you under the bus um, about bumping into the furniture with your acting, but there are multiple takes, and it's in the blooper reel if you've listened to that episode of the podcast um, where you keep hitting the the hangers in the closet you recorded in. What was that? I was just about to say that. I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to say it if you didn't. I didn't even I wasn't even able to follow my own advice because I did bump into the furniture while recording. And say your lines correctly, as you know, Eric, um, I would change lines up on you all the time, which piss a lot of people off, I feel. And but that was something that you allowed me to do, which I which w- was a great time. You know, I, I enjoyed that, you know, bit of freedom to ad lib or to change things. But you young actors out there, uh, <laughs> don't go changing the lines on your director or writer unless they've given you permission to do that. Uh, something that's something we discussed beforehand, and I think going back to your music knowledge, I think helped the the scripts out because you helped keep uh, everything from being a little too inside baseball, as it were. Because I would write jokes, I would write things into the scripts um, that a lot of my friends got because they come from the similar music background. But I, I always kind of leaned on you a little bit in that sense, and I said, would tell you, I remember, if this doesn't make sense. Tell me because I do I do want to hit the punk crowd. I do want to hit the emo crowd, but I, I wanted to have a little bit more of a far reach. So please, if something truly doesn't make sense, let's let's uh, let's work it out a little bit. So I think you kind of brought some of that sensibility and, and made some jokes that I think some non music people could get to. What you're saying is I helped dumb down the script a bit for us dumb uh, non music people to better understand. I didn't say that. I, I was saying you were helping to punch it up. It's a good thing. Oh, you okay? Yes, yes. There you go. Well, you know what? I'm sure there are a dozen jokes per episode that went over my head, um, and uh, you know, you as a director would always tell me, you know, this is this and this is this, and you have to say it like this in order for it to be the like. I I would read lines like, oh, like there's a joke there. I know there is. What's the punchline? Um, and it was something related to punk music. You know, you'd give me riffs like iggy's humming this riff what was the riff see i don't even remember i remember in in the pilot that was whenever i first got clued into your your knowledge i i wrote into the pilot iggy hums the opening riff to i want to be your dog by the stooges and you came back to me and said i don't know what that is and i was like okay i I had i had to look it up um because i didn't aren't you so disappointed listener who thought if you thought uh, this isn't going to be sound, me sounding vain. If you really like my performance as Iggy, and now you're realizing that I'm just one big charlatan, um, I've faked everything, and uh, I've, I'm a total, total fraud. I know nothing about punk music. All I do is just uh, act silly in front of a microphone, and uh, that's <laughs> that's about as uh, it's about as intense as it gets for me. Uh, as I complex wanna... as it gets, I should say. It was good acting. I thought so. I wanted to point out, though, obviously, speaking of you getting into character here and knowing nothing of punk rock, 
Um, you don't sound like Iggy Rotten very much. And, and if listeners, I hope you didn't think that Sean actually sounded like that um, in real life. Uh, what was that like? Because I know we worked a lot on that voice because we wanted to be grading, but not too grading. So what was, I don't know, how did you, where did that voice come from? Yes, I think, like you said, it was something that we worked on. Or that you, what did you, okay, now, now you do have to answer this question because I actually never asked you this question. What did you think when you were writing the character? Did you think it was going to sound like what I did? Or was it maybe there was something else you were expecting? No, I'm uh, glad you asked because I think you asked me this question whenever I gave you the first script. Um, because mm-hmm. you, you referenced a few early punk bands like the Stooges, like the Ramones. And you were like, do you, do you want this kind of lower gravelly voice? Because like Iggy Pop has a low like he's he's lower um and i remember thinking no i want it to be a little more um sex pistols i want it to be a little more i want it i want it to go up i want it i was thinking nasally whenever so i think that you kind of moved the direction that i was kind of hoping and you ended up um coming up with this voice that I later discovered, I didn't, I didn't know this before, sounds like the lead singer of Flogging Molly, which I found out because I was listening to Flogging Molly and I paused and I, and I turned to Shannon um, and I was like, Shannon, um, listen to this. Does it sound like Sean doing the Iggy Rotten voice? And I played her like five seconds of the song and she was like, holy shit, you're right. That sounds like Sean. <laughs> That's total coincidence, by the way. Um, and yes, by going off of that, I was like, well, you know, reading the script, Iggy probably isn't going to sound like me. So I, what do you do? And like, I think I've said this just a couple minutes ago, but you know, so I was like, do I go lower or do I go higher? It's like, well, if I go low, I'm going to sound stupid because I can't do a voice low. And so I guess I got to go higher. And then you just got to add that, that, like you say, the gr- that gravel grating kind of like, um, where you kind of listen. He's like, Ugh. Um, that's really, that was really it. It's like, can I uh, emote in doing that voice? You know, can I, can I sound angry or sad or excited or scared? Can I do it in that voice? And that was really for me anyway, can I quote unquote act in this voice? Can I hit all the emotions that I need to in the voice? And the one that I ended up doing, um, I hope anyway, ended up being, uh, a voice that I could do those things with and hopefully was convincing as this very annoying but very endearing character. Well, I, I might be biased, but I, I think I think you did. And I wanted to kind of go into that, speaking of emoting and this voice, uh, was there a specific episode that you remember recording the lines for? Like, what was your favorite episode to record for the podcast? Oh, I don't know. Um, I think... As the podcast went on, I think we, I can, I can personally hear myself become more comfortable or I don't know, more consistent maybe, um, in the voice and as it goes on. And then by the very end, you know, it's like, okay, that's probably where I would be if I had to do it again. Um, because like in episode one, I can hear some very, some differences, um, where it's like, oh, okay, I probably wouldn't have said that like that today, having done the whole thing now, having recorded everything. I, I, my favorite stuff with Iggy was um, doing the things that was unexpected for him. You know, him 
well, I mean, him getting excited is something that would be expected, but, you know, he has random bursts of energy and um, that was always kind of fun to do. And the, this is, I'm not saying this is my favorite episode, but it was a kind of a weird one to do with the scene at the end where he's sort of in the car and he's like, oh, my Ziggy's in the hospital and that whole thing. It was different. You know, it's like, well, how would Iggy be if he's like sad? It's like, I don't know. It's like, oh God, you know, we'll play around with this. So that was, it was like a fun little challenge to do. It's like, how would this sort of over the top cartoon character be legitimately grief stricken? How would you do that? Um, so that was kind of fun to play. Uh, but it, it was always the the stuff you gave me and all this this weird energy. Um, it was always, I always felt like I knew what to do. If you, if you know what I'm saying, it was never like, there was never any, any big giant scene or the episode where it felt like this isn't Nikki, you know, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. It was all very consistent. And that's a testament to your writing of the character because it always felt like he was this person, this annoying fanatic endearing, but you know, ultimately a bit naive maybe, but, um, yeah. What was your question? I've been rambling. On. No, that was, that was good. No, thank you. I'm glad I, uh, I'm glad you're contractually obligated to say nice things about me. Um, I'm <laughs> no, yes, I am too. I'll, ex- I'll take that check, uh, after tomorrow. I'll expect that check tomorrow on the, in my account. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure that that gets wired over to you. Um, I did want to see though, after listening to everything, I know you read every draft of the script. You've listened to every draft of uh, the podcast. Um, other than Iggy, who was your favorite character in the show? Well, I okay. This is the time. This is the moment where I have to talk about everybody because spoilers for anyone who doesn't know. Can I admit this, Eric? Can I admit this on this bonus feature that I don't know what you're about to admit? Just you just go for it. People did not record together. Um, oh, surprise, everybody. Every single person recorded um, separately. The only people that recorded together um, were nobody. I sat in the room with everybody um, and I played Zach, but I didn't actually read at the same time um, as anybody else. I recorded separately as well. So no one met each other during the process, which was interesting, um, I think, for everyone. Right. And for, for the people who hate the podcast and hated everything. They go, I, I knew it. Well, then if, why, why are you listening to, to bonus features? So obviously cause they're hate listening to it. Cause <laughs> it's like, who are these jokers making this trash? But, um, so yeah, so we didn't record together. So there was always like, you know, I'd record and I'd listen back to me and I'd be like, Oh, I'm, okay. I'm pretty happy with this. And I'll send my files, some send my audio files to you, Eric, and you'll edit them together. And, God help us all. Hopefully it comes out okay. But you never know. It's like you you might sound okay. You think, oh, yeah, I sound good. Okay, yeah, okay. Oh. Well, how does it sound in a conversation? It, it might be totally wrong or, you know, someone may have recorded with this energy level and you recorded with a different energy level and, oh, my God, what's going to happen? And um, I think it's a testament to, A, the my co-stars who I've never met. Well, I've met some of them uh, years ago, but um, who I never acted with for this project and you be the director keeping things together. 
I'm not I'm not paying you any more money. Like we've we've capped out the level, sorry. No, I'll keep going and then you can keep <laughs> paying me. I have a I have an invoice uh right over here that I'm writing stuff down on. So no, we'll we'll talk about that later. But the the thing with so this is where I say you ask me a favorite character. Uh, let me just say a couple things about everybody and then you can um uh film fill me in here. I mean uh, um Katie as Kimmy, icy cold, cool, um, level-headed, a really, really good contrast with Iggy, and ended up really being, um, it, it was a great contrast to listen to with, with me all the way up here, and then she's like very super cool all the time. And you also gave, oh, I'm getting, I'm going to talk in circles. You gave every character a bit of a monologue. You know, everybody gets story time. Um, and it was always fun to listen to the story time of each character. Again, credit to your writing and a credit to the performances. Um, Chelsea as Beverly, also a great contrast. Chelsea was great. Um and I and I never knew, you know, what what scenes. Again, it's like, oh God, this is how I'm playing it. I hope she says it in this way, because of X Y Z, and it 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 worked. Every for Chelsea seemed like that person, you know, coming in from wherever, like she's graduated or moved on, and she comes in. It's like, oh God, what's going? On? What's wrong with you? Um, so that was that was always that episode was great to hear um and oh and then of course you know kimmy comes back in 108 and she's like have you ever have you ever run run a run a concert have you ever done this have you ever done this i mean it's great stuff so there there's those two wonderful um shannon who is a real musician unlike me who has her own song featured in the podcast um you know you gave her a really big role in sort of this mustache twirly villain um, over the top, but not. And it was that episode of hers too. Um, the sixth one, I believe where she takes over the radio show and has her own show was a script that I did not actually read that much of. I, I read it, but I didn't read it as much because there were no lines of mine in it. No, but really I wanted to be surprised um, to actually listen to it and not be super i didn't want to know what was coming um so that story time when she's telling the story of how she became who she was and all that stuff shannon was was wonderful um and she was great in all the other episodes too but you know that was her episode to shine and she really did and of course she has her own song which is i mean again this is like real talent not some fool like me sitting in a closet and recording no she's a real musician so shannon was wonderful you know, Sarah Beth, my fiance, was absolutely wonderful as as uh, the the twins, not the twins, but they were her the bloodsuckers. Um, and you know, she's she has a theater background, and she's she she had a lot of fun doing that too. And and um, I was very pleased with her high pitched and low pitched voice, and that was fun to. I I was sitting over her shoulder listening to her record, and she was she was really fun to do that with. Well, you know, you also gave, well, as the director, you gave yourself a role, but um, hey, you know, this was also kind of a first foiray for you as well, giving, yeah, you know, this sort of role for you and um, 
I, as you know, was uh, I was listening very carefully to you uh, to make sure that you didn't sound robotic or you know scripted or whatever, and we went through that whole thing. And um, but ultimately, as as you recorded and as you um, did more takes, more stuff, and as the episodes went on, you know, you were this character, this this. This is a one for one of you, right? Um, and that's what we kind of talked about, right? Um, when we sort of talked about how are you going to play this, it's like, well, this is you. This is this is a one for one person, a one for one copy of you, essentially. And uh, you did an excellent job as this role. It was, you know, that last episode where I'm like going back and forth with you, and uh, you know. We're going to you. We're going to you. It's like, no, don't cut to me. Don't cut to me. Don't do this. Don't do this. I'm like, it's gonna, you know, it's gotta be. You've got to do this well. It's a good comedic scene. It's like, oh, is he gonna do this well? And and you did. So, um, it was impressive. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. My my younger brother listened to the podcast, and the first thing that he texted me after listening to episode two was, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I was listening to you as Zach. And, and just thinking, wow, this, this is you. Like I, all of these mannerisms, all of these things are, you am like, well, I'm not that good of an actor. So I'm just going to play, it, play myself. It's not even about acting. It's just about performing well. And that's something that you did. Um, and, and that's something you should uh, be very proud of. I think, you know, obviously you, you wrote the flipping thing and you directed it and there's a lot of work going into that too, but you should also be proud of, uh, the the work you put in with the performance because uh, I think it's something that you should be proud of. Um, finally, though, Michael as Ziggy. Have I missed anybody before I get to Michael? No, you're on. You're on Michael Mansoor, your younger brother in Michael, the show. Michael is the real deal. I feel. And hey, that was a rhyme. I didn't mean to do that, but he is the real deal. I feel because uh, he is this person. You know, I, I met him once over Zoom, and of course I meet meet him, but he, he came across as like, this is this guy, like Ziggy Rotten is this guy, and the voice and the mannerisms, and I'm like, okay, this guy, he's the real deal here. He's like, this is, the, and I always, I said it to you, and it's true that um, you know he he could have been the lead of this show. I feel. Um, he was really good. It was a joy to listen to him every time. And every time I listen to him with me, I'm like, God, I, I hope I kept up with him because he, I know he was going to bring, and again, real musician, real talent, actual talent. Um, you know, he has that song in, in the, in the finale. So Michael, a joy to listen to, um, really funny in this, in this podcast, and, uh, you know, hey, we'll see how, we'll see where he goes, you know, season two, we'll see where Ziggy Rotten goes. But uh, all, everyone who I've mentioned, um, I, w- I look forward to anything, should there be a future. But anyway, I'm, I'm a fan of every character. I wouldn't have even picked Iggy Rotten as my favorite character because uh, he's an annoying bastard. So, um, But we love every- him. We love him dearly anyway. Yes, there you go. So there's my big political lovey-dovey. Oh! I love everybody, but really, I very impressed by by everybody. You know, I I was happy to be a part of it, and I was happy to be a part of these conversations that never actually took place. 
and to, to bring them all together, you know, have people recording hundreds of miles away or whatever it was, weeks apart, and then you've put it all together and it kind of sort of sounds like a real conversation. So again, a testament to all of the actors who I've just mentioned and to you. Right. Um, I, uh, you, you did, you did hint at the future. What are your hopes for the future of, of Iggy Rotten going forward? Do you have hopes? Do you have hope for Iggy Rotten? No, just, uh, don't, don't write bad scripts and, uh, don't, don't uh, ruin his character <laughs> and, um, just, just make him keep Iggy funny, Eric. That's all I ask. And, uh, you know, if he, ha- if he dies a heroic, if he dies, I uh, just ask that you have a heroic death and, and everyone will, that will love and respect Iggy. And, um, but no, I, no, I have my hopes and dreams for Iggy Rotten is if he shall continue, then I shall continue to the best of my ability as well. Excellent. So I want to close my, my big closing question. I'm stealing from Zach. Told you I wasn't that good of an actor. I'm going to steal from uh, Zach and Kimmy's show use once and destroy for my closing question. Uh, do you, Sean Coster, believe that music is magic? Well, uh, even though I am not really a musician, I don't can't read music. I don't know about any of that stuff. Um, in its own way, I certainly think it is has has a profound effect on a lot of people, and I would say that is magical, right? I haven't met a lot of people who don't like any sort of music at all. So if it can have that universal effect on so many people, I would think there is a magical quality to it. Um, through whatever genre one may listen to, whether it's punk or stage plays or video game pause menu music or rock and roll or pop music or whatever it is, um, I do think there is a magical quality to all sorts of music. Yes, I do. I, I can't do a very good Iggy Rotten voice, but uh, to kind of quote Iggy Rotten, if you meet somebody that says they don't like music, run! Amen, brother. <laughs> um, so really quick uh, for our listeners, is there anywhere we can find anything you've done, anything you want to shout out that we can link to? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Just look, if you want to find me, Google me. Hey, I'm just I'm just here for the ride. I'm here to have a good time and... Um, Again, if people if people enjoyed my portrayal of Iggy Rotten, then I am I am very very happy awesome. to have to have done that for them. So I normally do do the sign off, but um, I don't think I do it quite as well as Iggy Rotten. Do you want to give uh, the die emos die? I know I didn't tell you to warm up for this. Do you want to give us the Iggy Rotten sign off? You're gonna have to say the line for me, Eric. I've I've, I've flushed it all from my system. What, what's the line? <laughs> Give me a line read, director. Directors should never do line reads. Sometimes they should, but you got to give me the line read. All right. Well, you can just, we'll do, we'll simplify a little bit. This is Eric Lorner and Sean Coster. Thanks for listening and stay on track and punk as fuck. Okay. I can try to do that. Here we go. For Eric Larner, this is Sean Coster, who plays Iggy fucking rotten. You stay on track and you stay punk as fuck. Bye. (laughs) That was awesome. I'm going to stop recording now.